This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the MLB Extras Kansas City Royals podcast. I'm Anthony Kastrovich, joined by Jeffrey Flanagan. Flanny, I was thinking about the Royals uh, the other day, in fact, because, you know, these teams go through competitive cycles, competitive windows, if you will. And um, I think a lot of us in the writing world got spoiled by the Royals uh, championship window in, in 2014, 2015, with the insane amounts of barbecue that we got to eat uh, in the month <laughs> of October. So this is, you know, the last couple of years have been an adjustment. So we got to get, you know, they're on the dark side of the window right now. We got to get this team on the light side, if only for the writers. But I wanted to ask you, um, you know, there's a lot of managerial turnover going on in the game right now. Um, on opening day, there'll be seven different managers than the previous opening day. Um, and it's the, the Royals situation kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. And it's it's no knock on Ned Yost. It's just, you know, so often when a guy has kind of been to the mountaintop, so to speak, uh, he doesn't want to ride out the valleys, you know. And that's the case right now with, with Ned Yost in Kansas City. Why Why is he still a good fit there? Why are they still a good fit for him right now? Well, I think there's a couple of things going, Anthony, there. Uh, number one, I mean, they're obviously in a rebuild. We all know that. And the, Dayton and, and his staff feel like he's the best manager to get them through this stage. Uh, he's done it before uh, with Milwaukee. Um, he, he's done it in Kansas City. And right now they need that kind of patience out of a manager who can teach young guys. And um, we saw that the last six weeks of the year when they actually had a winning record. Um, and it provides a lot of optimism for next year. But Ned's told me several times this year that his main goal here uh, before he rides off into the sunset himself is to get this team competitive again. I think he felt that if they had brought in a new manager uh, this past season or next year, uh, it would be tough for a new manager to absorb you know, 95, 105 losses, uh, the fan base would get down on the manager right away, as you know, uh, where he felt that he had enough equity in this town to withstand that um, and get them competitive again. Uh, he signed back for a one-year deal in 2019. I would not be shocked if he actually went one more after that. Um, and then when uh, when they're good again, uh, competitive again, I mean, uh, then he'll turn over the reins to someone else. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, he's done such great work there. And, and you know, his patience with, with young players was so vital in getting that team to where it got in, in 2014 and 2015. Right. So uh, definitely a steadying hand there. Um, and, and you got to love when a guy still loves it, you know, and and uh, yeah. and I guess uh, isn't picky, for lack of a better term. Uh, but the Royals did show some really serious signs of, of taking strides in the right direction with their young group. Um, in the last, you know, six or seven weeks of the season, Alberto Montesi uh, was terrific. Mm-hmm. That Ryan O'Hearn uh, really stepped forward. Brett Phillips, Jorge Bonifacio, they, they had some, you know, some really encouraging signs there towards the end. It really was. I mean, and, and the pitching staff, uh, the rotation. Uh, I, I think I wrote this in an inbox the other day. Uh, might be the deepest and youngest uh, since I've been covering the Royals, which you know goes back to Moses. Um, I mean, it's. Uh, it, Jorge Lopez, who almost threw a perfect game, has, has been a, a great find. They got him for Mike Moustakis. Uh, Heath Fillmire has been a great find. 
Um, they got him for Brandon Moss. Uh, you know, they've got Eric Skoglin, uh, Glenn Sparkman, and then, uh, you know, Brad Keller, of course, uh, had a terrific season. Jacob Junis uh, is coming on strong. So there's there's a lot of optimism, and, and it starts with the starting rotation. Uh, however, you know, the biggest issue, I think, last year for them uh, was the bullpen. Uh, we, in Kansas City, Royals fans have been spoiled for years and years and years with Dayton Moore being able to build a shutdown bullpen. And this year it was, you know, it was just a disaster. Uh, and it's, it's, it's hard to, to do that on a budget. Uh, Dayton's done it before, and that's going to be the uh, – definitely going to be the, the target this offseason is try to somehow rebuild that bullpen to at least be a competitive bullpen. Well, on that note, where do things stand with Danny Duffy? Because obviously a major step back yeah. for him. He's dealt with physical issues, rotator cuff. Um, and, and you wonder, maybe he would profile better in a relief role. What do you think of that? I get that question a lot. Um, and I think uh, that's certainly a possibility. I mean, they're going to be open to all things like that. Uh, he will definitely start out, uh, I, I'm guessing right now is, is October 17th. He would probably be the opening day starter. Uh, but he told me toward the end of the season, and look, he went on the DL twice in the last uh, two months. And he's been a DL candidate way too much in the last two or three years. He knows that. Uh, and so he had, he had a, as you know, he had a pretty weird off season last year, uh, you know, with the DUI and everything and not being able to drive. And um, he, he that became kind of a hindrance for him in terms of off-season workouts. It's probably no excuse, but uh, it happened. And this year, this off-season, he's, he's told me several times he's really devoted to trying for the first time in his career to really build up muscles around that rotator cuff, uh, around the shoulder, around the latimus, uh, just to, to prevent further breakdown. And he's noticed uh, a, a very significant drop in velo uh, in the last two years. This is a guy... You know, when he struck out a, a franchise record 16 against the Tampa a couple of years ago, he was throwing 96, 97. Now he's down to 91, 92. He thinks he still has 96 in him, uh, but it's going to take a devoted offseason to get that strength back up. And if it if it doesn't doesn't work, uh, he's been a bullpen guy in the past. Um, he could go back there, and they have fortunately for them, they have enough depth in the rotation uh, to maybe make that happen. We'll be doing these podcasts uh, throughout the offseason, and we'll have plenty of time to delve into roster specifics. But speaking broadly, uh, when you look at this 40-man and you know potential non-tender candidates, potential uh, guys that have to be added to be protected from the Rule 5, uh, what, what are some of the most pressing or you know interesting decisions that are going to have to be made with the 40-man? Well, I, I, the, the one the fans, all fans in Kansas City want to know is about Frank Schwindel. He's a first baseman who uh, was Omaha's player of the year, now two straight years, uh, a tremendous hitter, at the AAA level, uh, I think he set a, a career high in just about every number again this year. Uh, but as you know, he's a first baseman. Uh, you can slip those guys through the Rule Five, um, maybe without having to protect them. They got him through last year. Um, I, I'm guessing they might do so again this year. Uh, basically, the, the guys that the you know Foster Griffin, you know former first round pick, he's he's a guy that they would consider for a Rule Five. Uh, the two guys that they don't have to protect, Nicky Lopez and, and Richard Lovelady. Uh, Richard Lovelady was the MLB Pipeline's uh, Royals pitcher, minor league pitcher of the year. Uh, he doesn't have to be protected till next year. So those two guys, they're big on the fans' minds, but I, you know that, that would be roster mismanagement uh, if you if you force them on the on the forty right now. So you've got some guys coming off. You know, Alcides Escobar uh, is a free agent. Uh, obviously, Jason Hamill will come off. Uh, non tenders. 
Uh, I would think Brandon Maurer would certainly be a candidate. Uh, he's the first guy to ever take Dayton Moore uh, to arbitration last year. He lost, but he still got $2.9 million um, and had just a dreadful year uh, again. And I really would think that they would probably consider non-tendering him. Nathan Carnes, who at one point was a rotation candidate uh, less than 10 months ago. He had a terrific spring. All of a sudden, he got hurt. Uh, and spent the entire season basically in Arizona trying to rehab. Uh, he's over a million dollars. I think he would definitely be a non-tender candidate as well. I'm glad you mentioned Love Lady because, you know, we hear so much stuff in spring training from scouts and you never yeah. know how much of it is real. But I remember that was a name I heard from a couple of scouts uh, at the Royals camp uh, as a name to watch. I'm, I'm glad he followed it up with a strong season, um, you know, potential uh, bullpen help there in, in the year 2019. Who knows? But um, Flanny, I know, uh, obviously with, with the Royals in the state they're in, in the transition state they're in a uh, lot of attention on the prospects and the young guys, um, you had a chance to, uh, go check out uh, instructional league down in Arizona. Um, cause you know, you can never get enough of surprise Arizona. I know that. So, uh, what were some takeaways from that experience? Well, I got more Marriott points, number one. Um, and I think as we all know, that's, that's number one for a ball rider, but, uh, you know, I, I, First time I've been able to actually see some of these guys, you know, during the season, you know, you're covering the big league team and, yeah. and you just kind of read about these guys. And obviously, Suli Matias uh, uh, was their uh, MLB pipeline player of the year, uh, hitting over 30 home runs before he had that freak accident where he cut his thumb loading his luggage. Um, but he is a man child. I mean, just standing next to him um, and he's only 19 or 20 years old. He is a big guy and uh, he's only going to get bigger and I was impressed by that and speaking of size too Nick Prado uh, their number one pick from a couple years ago uh, first baseman uh, all these comparisons about uh, defensively about him and, and Eric Hosmer I can say after watching him in a few games are pretty legit I mean the guy can scoop um, as, as well as anyone I've seen um, and he also has grown he was drafted um, as a 6'1", 195, and I sat down and talked to him, and I, I said, how big are you now? Uh, because he just looked huge, um, and he's up to 225 and about 6'2", 6'2 and a half, so, and still growing, so he's only 20 years old, and uh, he certainly is the first baseman of the you know not-so-distant future. Uh, so impressed with those, and Brady Singer, the number one pick, I sat down with him as well, and, and he looked sharp, so... Uh, just it was just uh, it was nice to be able to see some of these guys and, and put a face to the names and um, see them in a, in a very relaxed environment in, in the instructional league. Flanny, as you mentioned, you've been covering this team since Moses was the manager. And as part of that, you know, you got to see the, the 2015 championship core really come together, come into its own. I'm just curious, what was it like for you watching the Brewers right now? And you see uh, Mike Moustakis, uh, you know, being such an important piece for them after the trade and, and Lorenzo Cain after the free agent signing. Yeah, and even Eric Kratz, who who, had, right. who was here for a while, and 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 Joaquin Soria, um, and and Manny Pena, um, and even uh, Jeremy Jeffers was uh, was here briefly. Um, so yeah, you know, you're never supposed to root. You're you're a journalist. You don't root, but you know, privately, secretly, you know, I'm I'm kind of pulling for the Brewers. It's just kind of fun to see those guys playing in October again. Yeah. Uh, Lorenzo Kane, it's just. Uh, just a special human being. He's just so fun to be around and, um, and, and Moose as well. And, and uh, great to see them. And I know everybody in Kansas city, if, if they're pulling for anybody in the postseason right now, it's definitely the Brewers. All right. Good stuff as always from our friend, Jeffrey Flanagan, Jeffrey, thanks for doing this. And uh, as I said, we'll continue to check in with you throughout the off season. All good, Anthony. Thanks.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.